fans, welcome back to another great edition of Talking Tigs. I'm your host, Scott Gerard, joined as always by Tommy Johnson and Daniel Zollinger. Got a great one to get into because uh, we got some great news that came out of Eugene, Oregon this past weekend. Uh, there actually might be some going on right now, I'm, but I'm specifically talking about uh, LSU baseball taking care of business out there uh, and winning the regional. We'll get into that, where they're playing next, who, who they're playing and what we expect from that. Uh, a, lot of, a lot of football news this week, uh, too, actually. We'll get into that. And uh, you know, anything else that comes across the table. But before we do, I'd like to always check in with the co-host, see how you guys are doing. Uh, I, I got to tell you, I was uh, kind of relieved. I was able to watch pretty much all the games this weekend, along with some others. It was a busy weekend of baseball, uh, a lot of good baseball, a lot of high, crazy scores, too. Mm-hmm. Uh, but hopefully y'all, y'all had a good one as well. Uh, so how y'all, how y'all doing this Tuesday? Doing pretty good. I think this is the first time that I that I've been like excited and happy about this baseball team in a couple <laughs> months. <laughs> yeah, to say that they had a good weekend and, and be able to be you know proud and, and excited and and, and uh, you know everything about everything about going to that super regional. I'm, you know they get to they get to do, go and uh, rematch a team who we really should have beat twice and taken the series against them. So. Uh, you know, I'm excited about it. It's, it's good to be here. It's going to be talking about a, a winning team right now. Yeah. Last night after the game finished, whatever, 1230, I was like, Tommy's finally going to have something positive to say about LSU baseball after two months worth of podcasts. It's true. Um, hey, I'm guess, sorry. There wasn't much, there wasn't much positive. Yeah. But uh, it, it was an exciting weekend to be a tiger, obviously clawing it back from the, the jaws of defeat and running off four straight wins. is pretty crazy. I think they said like only a few teams have ever done that, like in, in regional history. So uh, something great to be a part of a lot of energy and excited to see um, what this next weekend will hold for them. Amen. And, uh, and, and speaking of this one, uh, you said a lot of, a lot of teams, uh, you know, haven't come back like that. This was actually the first time I think in 32 trips or appearances i should say uh that lsu lost uh an opening regional game but they more than made up for it because they won the next four in a row uh including on the home turf literally of uh of oregon who was a pretty high-powered offensive team at least that's what the announcers kept trying to tell us averaging like seven runs a game something like that uh but and they, you know, scored 13 that first game. They beat Gonzaga, I think, 17 or 7 to 3, excuse me. Uh, but LSU held them to one run in that first game. And I think it was about halfway through that game where I just had a feeling like, you know what, I think LSU can do this. Because uh, I know Oregon is good. That's why they're hosting a regional. Uh, but I, I don't know that they've, you know, just faced the gauntlet that LSU has. I mean, that, that can make something out of you. Uh, they weren't, you know, obviously LSU wasn't seeded. No one thought highly of them. I don't even think they were ranked by the time they entered the playoffs. But uh, here we are. They're number 15. They beat Oregon twice. And they did it with the bats and just crazy. It, it just felt like there was some old school, you know, Alex Box magic. Um, just Gavin Dugas hit a home run in that first and then a in the park home run. Mm-hmm. Same game. They didn't give it to him. I was so mad about that. I know. <laughs> it's just, it's just crazy stuff like that. You know, it's like it's. It, I feel like that's what's been missing in some of the previous, like you know, maybe against Tennessee. You know, we we could have had a moment like that where that's just like some old that magic where LSU can pick up a series or at least not get swept. Yeah. Um, I got a thought about that on Tennessee too, by the way. But uh, I don't know. I want to ask you, Tommy, because I felt like the the pitching was good. I loved how Maneri 
kind of mixed it up, maybe because he had to. I don't know, but he threw Hilliard in there in that second game instead of uh, LaBoss, and I thought that worked out great. And then LaBoss had himself a great game. As much as we gave him crap for losing that game to George in the SEC, and we were like, yeah, I guess I get to rest now, but damn, you know, what What if? But I, I think the rest really helped him. They looked fresh. They, they kind of played with some energy, like in the first part of the season. Granted, it was against, you know, uh, lesser opponents, but – the the Tigers looked good this weekend. They looked real good. Um, it was, I mean, it was a fun team to fun, you know, string of games to watch. I think, uh, I think you're right. I liked the pitching changes. I thought that now I will say, I think last night's uh, weird, like random weird. changes that didn't make much that sense to me. Um, where Maneri just like, so we started Hilliard. He looked good after one inning. Like I would have liked to see him go longer, pulled him after one then went on a string of relievers, some good, some not good, um, and finished up with Marceau, which was kind of cool. And he was, you know, he's, he shut him out and we're not really shut him out, but, uh, you know, held, held the victory and, and ended up, I wonder if he got credited with the win or did he? Yeah. Marceau got the win. So he got the win and the save Mm -hmm. anyway. Okay. So, you know, good for him. That was, that was fun. And he's about the only pitcher, I guess we can really rely on, but well, um, not so fast, my friend, but finish it. To, I just thought Javen Coleman came in and, you know, I, I thought that set that first game against Oregon, it was going to be, here we go with Johnny Holstaff. Yeah. Uh, Cause he, you know, they won that first game and they had to play back to back. And it was, I thought it was weird that he had Wittmeyer close out the first game of the doubleheader. Then he put him back in. I was like, well, it makes sense. You know, it's only an hour apart. He's already mm-hmm. warm. I only used him for one inning. Yeah, sure. Why not? What do we got to lose? We're going to have to use all these pitchers anyway. Then he yanks him out of one inning. He did fine. And then he puts Coleman in and he does brilliant, like six great innings. No, you're okay. You're right. Yeah. Coleman had a really, I just, it, it, my, my thing is like, okay, what's the track record though? It's not right. like he's been like that all year. No. So um, I, I do think, and I, I love, I, I love that we won the regional. I think this, I think that this puts a, uh, I mean, really puts a nice coat of paint over um, the season we had. Being able to say you want a regional, I, I mean, I, it's I think, kind of a pulmonary special. <laughs> yeah, really. I mean, think about it. Think about like a month ago on this podcast, we were saying, I mean, I know I was saying it, Dale, you were saying it. I think Scott, you know, you were agreeing too. It's like, I don't even know if LSU's going to make the, make the playoff. Like, I don't even know if they deserve to be in the playoff. They're, you know, this team is not. And now we're looking, I actually, I'm starting to think, I think we might be going to Omaha. I, I, I think I'm not, I'm not, I'm not going to say we're going to win. I, I just, I like the energy of this team right now. I think this is a huge momentum boost for this team going to Tennessee who's a very good team, but I also, they're not, I mean, if we were, if we were going to Arkansas or we were going to Vandy, I'd be like, okay, Hey, it was cool. We won the regional. Let's, uh, you know, let's, let's send Maneri off. But I think I like our chances against Tennessee. I think that we played him really well in the last last series, and and I like I like where we're at. Yeah, and kind of just to, to frame the whole thing, I don't know if we get to like rewind the tapes, but last week we were talking about before the regional, like if LSU would just win one or maybe two games and not just like embarrass ourselves, and that would be a decent accomplishment in itself. Like, yeah, we had some hope that they would win or whatever, but I don't think any of us were like. I mean, I don't think we took thing. predictions, but none of us were like, yeah, we're gonna we're gonna. Yeah, this is not like we said we got it locked up. 
And then the very first game against Gonzaga, it was the same old LSU where Marceau pitches, holds them to just a couple of runs and the bats are dead. And then after that game, it was like, we're about to get swept by central Connecticut state. And that's going to be the end of Paul Maneri's career. Yeah. Uh, and it almost was, I mean, we, we had to go to 10 innings there. Um, and then just, I guess the fire was lit and then we got on a roll. I think it was pretty, um, cool how at at different points during the weekend almost every person on the team like made some sort of like big contribution like clutch play look like the lineup top to bottom almost except for maybe like alex malazzo like everybody (laughs) hey he had that he he gunned that guy that's true and like just everybody had a special like moment even like uh jordan thompson was slumping all weekend and he had the big like clutch double at the very end in the last game against oregon to take the lead or yeah um and so it's just things like that and everybody's stepping up to where you can see the team kind of mesh and it looks like they're having fun. Yeah, they look like they, they did look like they're having and fun. And so, yeah, as long as they can keep that energy going, then I don't know about the sky's the limit, but I mean, you can definitely hope for a lot of success. I can, I can totally, after watching, I mean, taking into account every game we played in this regional, I mean, stop me if you think I'm wrong, Scott. After watching every game and taking into account the, the momentum we have, and how we're playing, I think it's I think it's a coin flip who wins in Knoxville. I can agree with that. I would I, say LSU it definitely has the momentum because um, they didn't seem you know too too worried at all. I mean they they came out with fire like you said. We, we they probably could have gone two and I don't know one, uh, you know what, or excuse me two and two and we'd have been all right. Hey, good for us, but. Um, I think they overachieved. It could have had something to do with Paul, but I don't know. I, you could just tell there was something different. I think the I think LSU really benefited from their schedule. I, I can't say that enough. Yeah. Because um, when it came down to it, it's like yeah, Central Connecticut State had us on the ropes, but you know the, you, LSU was just going through their pitchers. Meanwhile, you know some of the guys we had were surprising us, which was awesome. Like I said, I, I think the the rest that they had helped tremendously. Because uh, it's a gr- grind in and grind out, you know, with three games on a weekend and then one wi- one midweek game, sometimes two. Uh, no one has the time to rest. Um, I don't think uh, DiGiacomo is going to be ready for this weekend. Speaking of, yeah, uh, I said he was going to be doubtful. Yeah, so I, I, but that's fine. I mean, Bianco did fine in his in his absence. Uh, he had some clutch hits the last two games too. Yeah, he had, he had that uh, and, runs. Yeah, and a couple of big like fielding plays too. I mean, he caught that. He caught that like he almost collided with Dylan Cruz, but he caught that liner. Mm-hmm. Yeah, your diving catch. Yeah, that was, that was awesome. big. So I think you're right that it's a, it's a coin flip. Um, one thing I, I will say this: uh, I think LSU has the talents to go far, uh, but you know you could still see some like that first game you're talking about. There was just you know, nothing. I don't know what they could have done. Then there was other situations where they had a leadoff triple by, I think, was it Dylan Cruz or someone had a leadoff triple. I forget who it was. I think it was Cruz. Yeah. Uh, and then they all, I think they might have had two on and then loaded the base. I don't know. But anyway, they couldn't score a leadoff triple with zero outs. I'm like, that's here we go again. That's same old BS. It's just you know, uh, just watching the game, hoping we win instead of, all right, well, how can I turn this into a run? Uh, you can kind of see that in the last game because they're trying to do some, you know, suicide squeeze kind of a thing. But I, I got to be honest, I, I don't know if it's Malazzo or just, uh, I don't know. I don't know if it was one of you guys that said this, but if like, if you're Malazzo and your batting average is in the 100s, you got to know how to bunt. You got to know how to bunt. Oh, it's below. It not only in the Oregon, yeah. it was in two games. I think, I think he had one. Popped hit out twice. Yeah, where he tries to bunt and just goes straight up in the air. Oh, oh and that's in, in addition to that, um, 
Trey Morgan got picked off the first base twice in the same day, mm-hmm. different games, obviously, but still, it's just like, I, I can, I can accept once, you know, everyone has a, a mistake here and there, but it's like, they're looking for it now. So they're going to pick you off. <laughs> That's what Oregon was trying to do. That's why that guy, uh, we got that basically that the balk. winning run. Yeah. They balked and he, they walked to let him go home. It's cause they're, they expected LSU to do some sort of suicide squeeze. And I'm thinking, guys, we, we don't do that type of stuff here. We just let them swing and hope it lands. <laughs> That's all it is. Uh, but I mean, it, you can see that it works sometimes too. Uh, but moving on to this game in Tennessee, uh, I don't know. These these fall these Vols fans are already like Alabama fans. They feel they feel like they have some sort of baseball pedigree because they're they're hosting the super regional now. Uh, <laughs> good for like, them. Hey, calm down. We've we've hosted like fifteen of them in the past twenty years. I know, I know. It's like yeah, and you get to play us again. You swept us before, but I I agree. I, I don't see how they're going to sweep us now. Tennessee almost lost their first game to to Liberty. They had to win on a walk off grand slam. How's that for uh, for a clutch hit, by the way? But think about that. It's like Tennessee needed a walk-off grand slam to win. If they hadn't have done that, who knows? If they We might have been hosting the regional. Maybe not, but still. Uh, I, I think LSU is not going to get swept. I hope they can win, too. Uh, we'll see. I, I have to do a little bit deeper dive into Tennessee before I make any sort of predictions. But I, I say LSU doesn't get swept. They at least win one, possibly two. Yeah, I think, I, I, like I said, I think it's a coin flip. I think that... Um, I think it's going to go, you know, I don't think anybody's getting swept in this series. I don't think we're going to sweep them. I don't think they're going to sweep us. Uh, I think we're going to need, we're going to need all hands on deck. Like we had this series, like it's got to, it's, it can't just be the Dylan Cruz, Trey Morgan show. I know you mentioned Trey Morgan get picked off, but I mean, he's our MVP right now. Yeah. He's, he's, he's he's been on a tear. Yeah. And so, I mean, what we're going to need Malazzo to to do things and we're going to need uh you know thompson and bianco and and everybody else to to be on their game and we're going to need a lot of a lot of help from our pitching and not just marceau and and labus you know so i think that uh but i again this is the most i think this is the most confident i've been in this team since like month one when, 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 you know, we were just, when we were running through midweek games and playing, you know, beating tech and, and beating air force, like since then, you know, since sec play started. And I, w- I will say, I think that, um, I think you're right, Scott, you know, you said that the Oregon, that our, our schedule really helped us against, against these teams we played in that, in that regional. I think you're right. I mean, Oregon did not look – I don't know if Oregon could have beat half the teams we played. Well, they wouldn't have beat Tennessee, I don't think. No, they. I don't think they would have beat Tennessee. I don't think they would have beat Ole Miss or Mississippi State or Arkansas or – you know what I mean? So – and that's the best the Pac-12 had to offer pretty much, right? Yeah. So – Well, yeah, uh, besides Arizona, who I think is still in it. But um, pretty much all the SEC teams except Alabama – and uh florida went florida went 0 and 2 in their own regional um which is pretty that was sad they i think i think uh they were the preseason number one team yeah no i think south florida had more spans in the stand than florida did Mm. that's pretty sad and florida's so defensive like oh our coach isn't leaving here we all got great facilities good players look at your stands yeah i was about to say i think that this this florida loss especially the way they lost sets up perfectly for O'Sullivan to be our to be the next LSU co- mm-hmm. coach because he's 
he's been saying that you know he he's complained about the fact that they don't have fans and that they that nobody cares at Florida and yeah. I think uh, correct me if I'm wrong hasn't he kind of sh- shown interest in LSU in the past hasn't he said things about LSU being like the best you know fan maybe I mean but he was maybe he was asked about it you know it's like because yeah. they were playing you know the LSU played Florida for the College World Series title so yeah. I, you know, I mean, he, I'm sure he's been asked at some point in his career about it. I mean, what's what's he going to say? It's like everyone in the SEC knows LSU has been the pedigree. You know, the tables could be turning right now. But, you know, for the most part, LSU has been SEC baseball for the last 20, 20, or 20 30 years. Uh, but I think, you know, other teams are getting better, obviously. But, you know, the, the fans in LSU, I think, are the one thing. That was the only one of the only one of only two baseball programs in the conference that were even generating a profit. Uh, I don't know. Maybe it's changed this week, this year with Ole Miss. I guess we'll see once the uh, the tallies come in because Ole Miss had a lot of fans, uh, you know, throughout the, the regular season. So, yeah, but Florida just does not have it. Um, I, so I don't blame him for wanting to leave. He already won a title there. What's he got to prove? You know, I, and I think it'd be a great um, hire for us. I mean, we stroke yeah. the check, uh, bring yeah. bring him in, and yeah. uh, you know, there you go. That's and he's already he's already shown he can win championships. He's a you know probably one of the top coaches in the in in college SEC baseball college baseball. Um, he he does you know they his the team that he he's with right now went out in terrible fashion. So let's do it. Bring yeah. him here. Can I can yeah. I go back to the, the Tennessee game real quick? Yeah, go ahead. wrap that up. I, I just kind of want to talk about like kind of what our strategy is here since i was thinking we, we probably throw labus friday since he's like had the most rest like marceau going on monday evening and then marceau saturday and i guess he, yeah like hilliard um kind of combo with whoever on uh sunday if they need to but that, that's probably it and then like in their regional Tennessee won three games, but they only played Wright state and Liberty. So, I mean, they didn't exactly beat the Titans. Um, that's not a, an SEC yeah, they win. Got beat. Um, yeah. But- so I think, yeah, we definitely have a chance. And even going back, it, obviously in March, that was a lot of different, like the team was a lot different than now, but we lost all three games total by four runs. Like it was neck and neck and Tennessee just eked it out. Um, so we can hang with them. Uh, as long as Labus doesn't get roughed up too much a little bit, he let in a few runs against when he pitched against Gonzaga, but then he settled down and, and went the distance almost. So if you can give us a good start and we know Marcel will, will turn it in, then I think we have a really good chance. Uh, yeah, I, I agree. I think that the, the, the problem that or not really problem, but it's just that, I mean, right now we're looking at a very different LSU team, but we're also looking at a very different Tennessee team. Yeah, we, at the beginning, nobody thought that they would be as good as they are. Exactly. Like, when, when we played them, they were kind of just a, you know, oh, okay, it's, it's Tennessee, it's an SEC team, it's going to be a good good series. But nobody was saying, oh, this team is going to be the one to host a regional, this is going to be one of the top teams, this is going to be one to host a super regional. So, I I, I think you're right. And I, But the now, the one thing that I've, I, I agree, I think that you want to start Labus on Friday because he has had the most rest, but I... I also wonder if you start Marceau to give him one day on Saturday to be able to come in on a Sunday if needed, like he did on Monday, uh, yesterday. I don't know. That seems like a lot pitching four times in two weekends. I know. I, I mean, I, yeah, I'm not, I, I, I don't know, you know, the decision to make, but, um, you know, I, I, it reminds me of, especially watching him, watching him last night reminds me of the world series in 2000 and, uh, 14 when Madison Bumgarner 
pitched like he pitched like three games in the World Series for the Giants. Yeah. And was like the MVP. He like started, he started like a game like on a Wednesday and then closed a game on a Friday and then closed like in, or no, and then, and then like went seven innings on the, in game seven or something like that. So sometimes, you know, when, when pitching is, is thin and the season's on the line, your, your, your best player's got to step up. And I, I mean, it'd be a lot to ask of him. And I, I totally get that. And if we can get away without having to do it, you know, I, I, obviously you don't want to, but I think that is like maybe something to consider. True. Uh, but you definitely, I wouldn't say you want to throw the first game away because you definitely want to get that first win. But I feel like now uh, maybe Lavis is better rested and he's okay. If he can give you like, like we've talked about a few weeks ago, being either one of them, Mikhail Hilliard or Lavis can give you five, maybe even six innings of, uh, zero to three runs, LSU's got a chance. They just got to pull up their in on the bats, you know? And I think Marceau would be ready by Saturday for the – or excuse me, Sunday for the second game because uh, they're going to do a Saturday, Sunday, Monday schedule. Monday if needed, obviously. But uh, I think that would be enough if Marceau came in on Sunday. That's enough. They said he felt fine after uh, after pitching those – like today he feels fine. He Not not that he could pitch Friday if they had to, but – I think it's talked about this last night, but Marceau is like the ice man, like one cold oh. dude out there. Like he shows no emotion, just throws the ball, turns around, kind of stomps. It's around. hilarious. Yeah, he stomps around the mound. Like you would think that he, you know, that, that, that after he, he could strike a guy out and you, you would think he just walked his seventh batter. Yeah, it, it doesn't matter if the guy just launched a home run or if he just punched him out for a K. He just turns around and goes again. <laughs> yeah. Right on. Well, uh, I don't know. Do you guys have any uh, final baseball thoughts? Because I wanted to jump into this. Uh, this I, I guess the only thing to say is they play 7 p.m. on Friday on ESPN2. No, and then Saturday. Saturday, Saturday. Saturday. Saturday, excuse me. Yeah. I don't know why. I, I was saying Friday before, too. I, I'm so used to like the weekend series. But yeah, Saturday. And then they got kind of flex time Sunday and Monday. But uh, tune in your TVs and hopefully the Tigers will, will pull it out for us. I think also. Um, I would just say I think that the the tale of Paul Maneri has kind of gotten a has gotten a nice like ending to it. You know, like two weeks ago, it was off with his head. Get him out of here, fire him right now. We don't even want to finish the season. Then the then the retirement announcement came out. Everybody was, you know, oh, we're so excited. Get him out. Let's get this season over with. Just watch him lose and move on. And now, you know, they've got a chance to go back to Omaha. Now it's almost like I can, I feel like I am. And, and I was one of the ones who was, I don't think I was openly saying like, Oh, he needs to be fired, but I was definitely questioning like, what's his, you know, where, where, where are we right now? Where are we on you know the future of this program? Now I'm thinking to myself, man, how cool would it be his last season when he announced his retirement? Like they at least get to go to Omaha. Wouldn't that be perfect? Like, I'm not saying they're going to win. I'm not saying that they, you know, but if they can win this series, and Paul Maneri gets to go back to Omaha, a place where he's had a lot of success. He's gone a bunch of times. You know, he's, he came away with one. Probably should have come away with a few more. Um, you know, I think it, I think it'd be fun. I think it'd be fun for him. And you can tell. I, I feel like he's enjoying it a little bit more than he was earlier this season. He was smiling a lot more in the dugout as he wore his batting gloves. And you got to give him a little bit of credit for like switching the lineup a little bit, which definitely like you mean his son. Well, I was gonna say, I mean, he I guess did it, but got the idea from somebody and changed up the lineup. And Cruz started like raking at the leadoff, except for the very last game. But yeah, they seemed to, to mesh more. So 
uh, we'll see how they, they line up for this uh, last series, but uh, hopefully we can send them out in style. Yeah, I just just in case uh, our, uh, our our vast audience of listeners missed that that little <laughs> that little hint of a uh, thing there, the uh, story came out that Maneri decided to change the lineup, and I'm thinking, good, good, maybe he's you know he's finally coaching like he you know it's his last raw hurrah, and it's his last time out, uh, and they he put Dylan Cruz first, but <laughs> come to find out it was his son's idea. Um, so <laughs> when I first heard that, I thought. Great, great guys taking cues from his son. What you know? What's next? But I mean, it, it works. Like, all right, well, what's the son think about Tennessee? Like, what, what's, <laughs> let his son fill out the batting card. You know, I will say that, and I think I said this to y'all in like a text message. It does make a little bit of sense because they they say that Maneri's dad, of course, was like a great great baseball coach, and him and his dad used to go back and forth and, and talk about like, oh, what should I do? What, what should we do here? What do you think about this? And his dad died, I think, like maybe five years ago or something like that. And and so, and, and people, I think he's talked about, you know, he really he misses that aspect of having, you know, his dad and his life to talk about baseball with. So maybe that's kind of something him and his son are trying, or he's trying to do with his son to to just kind of have that, you know, that feeling again. But uh, yeah, I don't know. You're right. Maybe maybe we should talk to him about Tennessee and see what he says. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, pass the torch. Uh, last thing I'm going to say about LSU baseball, and then we can hop into this football news. Uh, LSU hitting coach Eddie Smith is actually leaving. Uh, he is going to be the head coach at Utah Valley State. Um, so good for him. Um, obviously, this year, even because I think this was mentioned before, yeah, before you LSU had maybe got their first win. I forget when the, the news came out, but it was this past week. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, I mean, he knew it was going to be his last hurrah. So, yeah, whoever's coming in, you know, they're going to bring whoever they need. Uh, it's going to be a complete empty slate at LSU. Um, but uh, this weekend, all, you know, all this action in Eugene, there was a, a lot of action in Baton Rouge this weekend, uh, and that was the form of coaching hires and football camps. Uh, for the coaching hire, you know, we got rid of James Crick. That was kind of just out of the blue, and I don't know. I I could maybe I you know, I, I could maybe find some fault here and there, but I mean he had the best the best line in the league. Uh, well, a couple of years ago they uh, you know they actually won the the offensive line trophy as a team or as a unit. Um, so I you know you think it was pretty good. I mean he had all the starters coming back this year, but they just up and fired him. You know I'm sure there's some rumors out there about what that might have you know, what might've sparked that, but LSU wasted absolutely no time in hiring a replacement. Uh, and they, uh, they pulled Brad Davis from, from Arkansas. And, uh, from, from what I've been reading, you know, this is like a home run hire as far as, uh, you know, like an offensive line coach goes, uh, you can kind of see it. The proof's in the pudding, what LSU's had before. Um, I mean, he's, he's going younger, you know, it's not like we got Pete Jenkins or, or somebody like that that's knowledgeable but just you know older he's not going to get out on the recruiting trail as much you know maybe he can can't speak to the kids the same way as a younger guy can but uh I mean this is a, a great hire this guy you know worked under uh Sam Pittman who was considered the you know probably the greatest offensive line coach but he's now the head coach at Arkansas so uh, learning under him uh was was also really good and uh, you know, welcome to Baton Rouge. Would you guys, uh, would you guys think of this hire? Do you, uh, are you just kind of waiting to see what, see what it looks like? I mean, I, I think it's, I think everybody kind of agree. It was a very, very startling 
news that they kind of just fired him out of nowhere. Yeah, because he was oh. kind of one of the, the LSU stalwarts a little bit. Yeah, and, and I mean, what, not uh, two years or uh, yeah, two years ago, he's the head of the number one offensive line unit in America. Yeah. Right. So I feel like that's kind of that is kind of weird. I was a little bit startled, but I mean, I kind of I, I guess, you know, gr- good. We got a, it looks like we've improved at that at that place. And definitely, I think we improved with recruiting. Um, yeah. And that's something we need because like, you know, we when, when we look out and we get a bunch of great offensive line talent, things are pretty much fine. You know, we had great offensive linemen in 2019. And so our, our, our system was great. And we, you know, the, the, the talent was there and we were able to coach it up and put them in the right positions to be the best offensive line unit in the, in the country. But that the problem with us is not being able to coach our coach, our offensive line uh, to success. The problem is getting good offensive linemen in the building. And so hopefully, uh, you know, this new hire can actually do that. Yeah. I think it's a good hire. Arkansas has been known for the rushing attacks since I guess the, I mean, probably before, but even like the days of Darren McFadden and like Felix Jones oh, yeah. through uh, recently. And plus he's as a Baton Rouge native. And then I think another important thing is he made the hire almost immediately after yeah. Craig was gone, which I thought was interesting because some of these recent coordinator hires drug on for months and were like, what in the world is going on here? And so they seemed like this guy was kind of like ready to go. It was like, they, I mean, they fired Craig like on in the what is it like a morning or at yeah night? it was like same day and then they much. yeah and then they hired because i remember so i heard about the i heard about the firing i went to go take my dog on a walk <laughs> and as i was in the car i heard on the radio yeah the number one target of lsu right now is is the arkansas guy and then i go i get i get out of the car get my, go on the walk for like 30 minutes get back in the car come home and daniel goes hey did you hear that lsu hired that arkansas guy <laughs> so it's like i mean they booked that deal while i was on a walk uh, well, yeah, you, speaking about getting guys in the building, uh, they had a few this weekend because LSU was holding their uh, some football camps. A lot of former Tigers came back, uh, coaches too, even. Um, I don't know. I, I didn't. I don't follow the recruiting as well as our uh, uh, recruiting correspondent, Daniel, but uh, I'm pretty sure you, you at least uh, had your ear to the ground a little bit while your eyes were on the, the games in Eugene, man. What, uh, you know, can you tell us, just, I don't know, just, I guess, a brief rundown of, you know, some notable names that were maybe here this weekend. I don't think anyone committed, right? But I know some. No. Awesome. Yeah, they had some some pretty big profile names. Some guys who had committed already, like Will Campbell, tackle from Monroe. Uh, Jake Johnson, Max Johnson's tight end brother, uh, was there as well. And they had some prospects as well. Like uh, Shamar Stewart is kind of headlining it. He's like the number two overall prospect in the country, D end out of Florida. Um, so if we could land him, that'd be big. Uh, and to see like this, cause this was the first weekend, like for visits. So seeing that LSU was basically his first choice there could be big. Um, and then some others, uh, kind of got crystal ball predictions to LSU, like, uh, Damari Alston's, a, a running back four star in the 2022 class, and then uh, a fair amount of others. But I think it was good to see that there, I mean, there's a lot more that I didn't even name, but definitely a good showing and, and people are excited to see what LSU football has to offer, even after not the best season. Uh, last year. One thing also to note is that Arch Manning was not there. He was at Clemson uh, for their weekend. And some people think that Clemson and Alabama are kind of the two front runners to land him, uh, which is like the rich get even richer. Uh, But hopefully LSU can at least make a bid. You know, the other one that I've heard is like actually like making a play for Arch Manning that nobody Duke. I've heard he like that the Mannings like Duke. Isn't that crazy? 
I mean, Daniel Jones was the number two quarterback in the uh, class of a couple of years ago. I know, but like Daniel Jones doesn't have the doesn't have that name ID like Arch Manning. Yeah, no. I mean, you want. I don't. I, I think objectively for Arch Manning, I kind of do think that Clemson might be the best choice for him. Speaking of that, did you guys see the this guy, this kid out of Texas uh, that was at LSU's camp this week? Uh, they offered him actually. He's a, I think he's a five star. He looks just like Trevor Lawrence. <laughs> You know who I'm talking about? You, you didn't see that name? Uh, I'm not sure. Oh, it's anyway, it's yeah, it's like uh Moreau Mator, I don't know, some some weird name. But anyway, this guy looks just like Trevor Lawrence, like almost incarnate. It's kind of he crazy. plays quarterback? Yeah. Oh yeah. Um oh, I, I think if 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 the Manning's like Duke, uh I don't know if he's still the coach there. I know he was, but David Cutcliffe was the coach there, and I think he was Eli's coach at Ole Miss. Someone can check me on that, but that that could be why. Because um, I think, and you know, I think. Uh, yeah, he's a dude. He is. Mm-hmm. I think that could be because uh, Eli. I think he was Eli's coach at Ole Miss. Um, but I mean, come on, what are the odds? What are the odds of that? Oh, speaking of the rich getting rich, would you see Saban just sign another three-year extension? So. Yep. And he came and Three poached. A, he came and poached a five star out of Monroe. I mean, out of uh, Baton Rouge. Yeah, Le'Veon Moss, yeah. running back, who's like LSU's big like running back prospects, and that's kind of why they're into this other guy, Austin. After this, is a little bit more down the list, but oh well. Speaking of yeah. speaking of running backs uh, going to other places, also, right. did y'all hear about Tra- Trey Morgan? I mean, not Trey Morgan, Trey Bradford. Yeah, so Trey Bradford, he uh, entered the transfer portal. Yeah, right. Yeah, number three guy, pretty much last year after Davis Price and, and Emory, former four-star running back, I guess. So kind of weird. He went one and done. Well, he, he got injured, and then he just never really, like, got to play. Yeah, he had that one big receiving touchdown against Florida. Yeah. Um, that was kind of kind of it for him. I guess he decided he was third in line, and he's got people breathing down his neck because LSU signed two running backs in this past class. Uh, between Corey Kiner and Armani Goodwin, mm-hmm. uh, so he got stuck in the middle. But tough to see, I guess. Yeah, I don't know. I, he he really didn't pan out as well as I kind of think people hoped he would. He he was he was supposed to be like that kind of tra- uh, Travis Etienne or uh, Alvin Kamara, uh, almost like a receiver that plays running back, mm-hmm. got good speed, good good in open space, and has good hands and. Uh, and would have been, you know, if he had panned out, he would have been a, a, a nice compliment to what we have because Davis Price is, is that power guy. Uh, he's going to run between the tackles, but he's not great in space and he's not great. Yeah, I don't think he's got great hands. And then Emery's the speed speedster. He can, you know, he, he can tear one off at any point, but again, he doesn't have great hands. Now, of course, he had the LASIK surgery, so maybe, he, maybe that hurt, improved his hands. We didn't, we didn't really find out last year <laughs> um but Bradford you know could have had that place and, and you did see you know last season a little bit where he would kind of do what Clyde did where they put him out um as a flanker type you know off off uh, on the sideline you know as like a wide out or something like that it, it just yeah it didn't really pan out so yeah, that's actually two running back transfers in one offseason because Chris Curry was out too that's true um which is just dropping mm-hmm Although there's a lot of talent coming in, like you said, and LSU's never really had a problem putting together good running back talent. So I guess we'll, I think we'll be all right. I think so too. Um, 
I mean, I, I think the offense is going to be a little bit more pass-heavy anyway, and that'll open it up for whoever's running. That's like true. Two years ago, in that record-setting year, um, I want to figure out this. Mabry, Mabry? Mabry, Mabry Mature, whatever. Uh, the, from the Woodlands. But, yeah, if you just look at his picture, this guy looks pretty much like Trevor Lawrence. I don't know. Maybe not quite as uh, natural blonde. But, anyway, 6'4", uh, six, six, 215. Big kid. Oh, well, um, he, he does look like Trevor Lawrence. Yeah. Look at that. With the mask yeah. on, yeah. Just with Trevor, the mask on, this uh, Scott, I got to say this. Trevor yeah, Lawrence with, like, even more bleach blonde hair. But it's basically <laughs> the same, like, length and He's, look. His face looks the same. Yeah. Wow, that's uh, crazy. Isn't it? Um, well, anyway, I think, uh, I don't know, is that pretty much all we had? Oh, uh, or do you, guys, do you guys have anything else you want to put out there? I think that's mostly it i'm just excited for this weekend and um hopefully we'll be omaha bound come podcast 97 amen um and funny you mentioned we could be on 100 or be on 99 like in <laughs> omaha yeah yeah and uh speaking of um you know just past success uh today is the 25 year anniversary like to the date uh when warren morris hit his uh walk-off homer to give lsu the the college world series title um just thought i'd mention that because today's the day kind of cool um and it's the eighth which i think is like their number right yeah it is well it's yeah so there you go um yeah we'll, we'll all eyes will be in uh, knoxville this weekend so we're gonna be i'm gonna be watching that too bad is, i wish it kind of was on a friday night saturday to sunday schedule because man that that uh that Monday one, if you know, if it goes to that, it's, it's going to be a businessman special. Basically, I, I'm going to be at work. I'm going to have to miss the half of that game. Well, but I, I guess I mean, they say I mean it would be a seven o'clock first pitch, right? Well, well no, four, they, four, they, four. They, they flex the games depending on kind of how it goes. So right now, Sunday is noon or three p.m. and Monday is four p.m. or seven p.m. That's uh, Eastern time, I believe. Yeah. And then so it could be afternoon or evening on both. Yeah. Okay. Gotta be that seven o'clock pitch. Yeah, <laughs> I hope so. Holding out hope. I think that about wraps it up. All right. Well, you heard the man. That about wraps it up here. I mean, that was plenty to cover. Quite a week in LSU uh, sports in general, but um, definitely amazing week for LSU baseball. Congrats to them. We're looking to see some continued success this weekend. Hopefully, um, well, either way, we'll have it for you next week on Talking Tigs. So until then, have a good weekend. Watch the Tigers. Stay safe. Stay tuned. And we'll talk to you next time on Talking Tigs.